in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Maybe we're all wrong about this kid, this 21-year-old airman who shared all those secrets with his friends. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just, you know, somebody showed me a picture today of George W. Bush and uh, Barack Obama, George H.W. Bush, even Bill Clinton. And the meme said that so he had all those presidents in one side. And then on the other side, they had this 21 year old. What's his name? Uh, Jack Teixeira being led out of his house by a bunch of cops and FBI guys and all that tactical gear. He's wearing those red basketball shorts. And on the left, it said, uh, started 10 wars. And on the right, it said, stole 10 documents or, or took 10 documents. You know, what's, what's worse? What's worse, huh? Invading a country and telling everybody we are have to do it because there are weapons of mass destruction there. And Saddam Hussein is a threat to the world or, Showing your friends 10 documents. I mean, it ju- it was kind of thought-provoking. You know, George W. Bush wasn't let out of the White House or went down to Texas to get him and, and arrest him, which people have said you, you can make that case. Very smart lawyers, in fact. Vincent Bugliosi, remember him? He was the Charles Manson prosecutor. He's dead now, Vincent Bugliosi. So was Charles Manson, for that matter, but... He wrote this amazing case, the impeachment of George W. Bush or the trial of George W. Bush and how because of the weapons of mass destruction not being in Iraq that he could be held uh, for war crimes. And uh, look, this guy is definitely in trouble. I was in the military. If you just lost, if you honestly lost classified information, you could be prosecuted. Uh, It's delicate stuff. And you're not supposed to share it with your friends. But it's not like he gave it to the Russians. He didn't give it to the Russians. It's not like he sold it for money. We don't know what his ideology is or was or whatever. Uh, ego? Somebody says, well, ego. He was well showing off for a couple of geeks online. Is that really ego? Ego. When it comes to, there's that acronym I, I told you about. It's called MICE. And it's all the reasons why uh, spies do what they do. And sometimes the motivation is monetary, money, okay, M. Sometimes it's I in mice, ideology. Sometimes it's C, coercion. This was big in the old days, actually, in the 1950s. And this is a horrible thing. And it's very good we don't do this anymore. There's no real stigma anymore with being gay. But what they would do is try to find gay people and, and who are in the closet and say, if you don't, if you don't give us secrets, uh, we're going to out you to everybody. And that actually was a very effective and very sad and tragic. It's great that we don't do that anymore. And gay people don't have to worry about things like that anymore. But at one point, anyway, coercion is one of the things. And uh, E, ego. And a great example of that is Aldrich Ames. Aldrich Ames was this, um, uh, well, he was a drunkard and he worked at the Central Intelligence Agency. He didn't graduate from college, yet he had a very senior analyst job at the Central Intelligence Agency. He spent his career there, and he was in his 50s, and he lived very well somehow. He drove a Jaguar. He had a beautiful foreign wife and all this stuff, and people just assumed that it was old money because the Central Intelligence Agency has actually a lot of, uh, well, there's like 
little snobby types at the Central Intelligence Agency, and sometimes that that there's money there, but he was getting all the money from the Russians. He was selling the stuff to the Russians. The first time he went into the spy business, he did it. How do you do it? How do you make that first move? You got a lot of access to secrets, and you want to make some money out of it, and you want to give it to the Russians. How do you do it? <laughs> How do you actually go about it? Well, what they usually do is they walk right into the embassy which is a very silly thing to do because we're watching that embassy like a hawk. And anyway, what's his name? Aldra James got good and drunk one day uh, to give himself some liquid courage, and he went right in there and he said, I'm prepared to give you all this stuff. Let's have a relationship. And they did for a long time, right up until he got busted. Anyway, uh, this kid didn't do any of that stuff. Now he's in trouble. He should be, and uh, he's got to go to prison. If he did all this stuff, you you never know if he's being framed or whatever. And if this all was a setup of some kind, I don't know. I'll believe anything, actually. I don't, I don't, I don't trust anything these days. Do you? So he's, uh, so that's that. That's how I, I don't know if you guys are worked up about it. I found, I found Merrick Garland's announcement of this very weird, very strange. It happened during the show yesterday, but it was so quick. I couldn't, uh, we couldn't go there because he was up and down in about 50 seconds. And this is that announcement. I'm sorry, but I think that public officials are supposed to, you know, Ray Kelly took questions from the press. Why can't Merrick Garland, the attorney general, huh? Why can't he do that? He comes out and do me a favor, you public officials out there. Stop with the teleprompters. It's okay to read something. Just read it off a piece of paper. Merrick Garland looked like he was... I talk deer, talk about deer in the headlights. I mean, it was just like he was undergoing a lie detector test or interrogation downtown with a light shining in his face. Anyway, here he is. Cut 16, please. Cut 16. He's announcing the arrest of this Jack Teixeira character. Cut 16. I'm joined today by Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco and FBI Director Paul Bate. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon without incident. He will have an initial appearance at the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. I want to thank the FBI, Justice Department prosecutors, and our colleagues at the Department of Defense for their diligent work on this case. This investigation is ongoing. We will share more information at the appropriate time. Thanks, everyone. Did he have lawful access to these documents, sir? And there he goes. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I got a couple of questions here. Why did the New York Times find out about this guy before the FBI? How about that? No, no questions. No questions asked. And it wasn't exactly an avalanche of questions there. One guy, sir, sir, one question, sir, what about, you know, anyway, uh, very strange. That's not transparency. They promised us transparency. Hey, and the thing about the the New York Times showing up before the FBI did, it's not just me. It's not just talk radio. It's Democrats. This is uh, Himes, Jim Himes. He's a Democrat from Connecticut. He's on the Intelligence Committee. Listen to this. Cut 17, please. Cut 17. Let's talk for a second about the arrest and the story that you just ran, right? The New York Times knocks on his door. I mean, I just 
you know, I've spent a lot of time around the intelligence community, a lot of time around the FBI. I spent a lot, you know, I have a lot of respect for them. But the New York Times beat the FBI to this person. Right. And the reason that's serious is because what if he has suitcases full of documents and he's in the process of sort of sending them out, mailing them out, faxing them out? What if he hands all those documents to the um, to the New York Times? Now we've got sort of an interesting constitutional issue. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, as you can tell, not exactly a calm about that fact. Yeah, the FBI sucks. They blew it again. Every now and then somebody like, how can you say that about the FBI? I'm like, well, what, what is it about the there's not much to like about the FBI federal bureau. I just I'm not uh, crazy about the FBI and their string of screw ups. And this is still America. You're allowed to say this stuff. You'd be surprised more and more people are like, I don't believe you're saying what you're saying. Well, why not? I'm an American citizen. There are many there are tens of millions of people agree with me. Yeah, I know. But, you know, you could I could what I could what what? Well, if you talk about the election, you know, I mean, like, well, oh, yeah, like what? Well, what? what? Since when do we worship elections? The integrity of the elections is the new religion. What the hell is that all about? And here's another reason why they let people inside Capitol Hill, why the January 6th was basically, I, I think, a setup job. I really do. So they could make off limits any questions about the election. So uh, screw you people, quite frankly. It's happening all around us. It absolutely is. Hey, another thing about this arrest, and I, I brought this up yesterday, and the more I looked at the video, I was like, why would the FBI wear such over-the-top tactical gear and bring in a tank? They bring in a tank, and they're wearing, it's like they're invading Baghdad. I, I was there when we invaded Baghdad. That's the kind of stuff uh, that they wore. Those are the kinds of vehicles that they had. This is a kid eating a grilled cheese sandwich in his kitchen. All right, so they go in with all this stuff. Uh, oh, and it doesn't say FBI on their on their uniforms, just like the police these days, especially federal police officers. And I put this in my book. Oh, by the way, I hope you picked up your copy. Um, Justice for all: How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement by Greg Kelly, published by Simon and Schuster, available wherever books are sold. Anyway, uh. Why don't they have, why doesn't it say police on their uniforms? Do you remember this moment where there was a, there was a guy on January 6th begging the police to get involved who were just standing there? They were just standing there doing nothing. It was very creepy. Cut 19, please. Cut 19. He was begging these cops to do something, but there was something other than that that I noticed. They are wearing heavy armor, all kinds of gear, and that's fine, but it didn't say police. It didn't say Capitol Police. They're just wearing, and they look like, who are they? Are they good guys? Are they bad guys? Because that stuff is commercially available, some of this equipment. You can buy it as a person, and how am I supposed to know if you're a good guy or a bad guy? It's got to say police, Capitol Police. FBI, put it in big, yellow, bright letters. Too often you guys are trying to masquerade like you're special ops. Don't get me spe special operations, all right, those guys. I was in a special operations MU, Marine Expeditionary Unit, and they were, <laughs> anyway, there's special ops and there's special ops, and then some of these guys customize their uniforms, and it's like, what are you? Are you a mercenary or are you in a professional military? Anyway, um... Hey, the media, they continue to be shocked that the 
so-called spy is so young. He's 21 years old. I've pointed out, well, here they are. They're just freaking out about it. Cut 18. A lot of questions inside today's Pentagon press briefing on how such a young airman had access to such highly classified intelligence. Well, as you pointed out, Brent, he's very young, 21 years old. Yeah. By the way, the two people there who said that stuff sound like they're 24. Uh, very, They were very young themselves, but this is the way it works in the military. One of the reasons why you join the military, you're 18. You get a hell of a lot of responsibility uh, at a young age. It's one of the reasons why I joined when I found out, wait a second, I could be 22 years old and in charge of 60 people? I could be 26 years old and be in charge of 200 people? Really? Yeah, that's that's actually how it works in the... Uh, and then, wait, I could be, they're going to let me fly a plane that's worth $30 million, and I'm going to be at the age of 23? Yeah. I'm like, sign me up. I just found that very interesting, very intriguing. Um, but ever, every time we have one of these uh, moments, and we have them, there's a big uproar about how could anybody so young uh, be have access to that stuff? Well, um, anyway. I just kind of explained it a little bit, and most most young people who join the military are responsible. And the other thing is, this is not new, though. This is not new. All throughout history, um, uh, young people steal this stuff. Sometimes old people, but a lot of times young people. I cited a bunch of examples last night, including the Walker family. Anybody remember the Walker family? That was... Um, uh, a bunch of sailors, and uh, th- w- the youngest one was 22 years old, stealing stuff from the USS Nimitz and giving it to the Russians. Giving it to the Russians! Um, and some of this stuff, eh, let's leave it alone for now. Let's leave it alone. All right, give me one moment, please. Happy Friday, everybody. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We really have some degenerates in Congress. I mean, really bad, bad people. And now with AOC and the rise of social media, all they want to do is make a splash. Uh, Why? I don't know. It feeds their ego. It helps with fundraising. Uh, What's the deal there? Why are lawmakers, right? I mean, at one point, silly me, I thought that these people had dignity. You know, they were kind of worthy of our respect. Even Democrats, right? I mean, they went through the trouble to get elected and, uh, you know, they're motivated by doing the right thing for the country. Sure, we may disagree about uh, how to do it, but, of course, we all love America, right? Well, that's not very clear at all anymore. And we have some real jerks up there, especially Eric Swalwell, who is going on and on and on about how Kevin McCarthy needs to praise the FBI right away because they got this guy. Well, I pointed out the FBI actually got there late, right after the uh, New York Times this is what these people do. They're always enamored or they pretend they're enamored with people who serve in the military, with law enforcement, uh, 
um, with the men and women of the intelligence community, right? They use those folks as a weapon, right? Support them or somehow you are undermining uh, democracy. You are undermining America. You are and you must. And they they're very selective, sometimes tactical, sometimes strategic. And now they're beating Kevin McCarthy about the face and breast, chest, neck and head uh, to support the FBI at this moment. And he says, one of our worst spies ever, an anti-Semitic lunatic, has been taken into custody by the FBI. And you, Kevin McCarthy, need to praise the FBI right now. It's pretty rich coming from, number one, I have yet to see the evidence about this guy being anti-Semitic or racist. I keep hearing that, but they don't cite any evidence or whatever. So I don't I don't know where they're getting that. The New York Times said it, but it didn't offer any. They didn't quote the guy. They didn't. Who knows? But Swalwell is the one who hooked up with Fang Fang. <laughs> you know that whole thing you see it on Twitter? Maybe you should sit this one out. Maybe Swalwell the, should sit this one out. They all say he should say he should. can't believe a punk like that is actually a member of the House of Representatives. You know, I lived a couple of blocks away from a congressman when I was growing up, and I thought that this guy was amazing, and he was amazing. His name was John Weidler, and he represented my district, and he was like a... A great man. He fought in World War II. He was uh, Harvard Law School, and uh, just he was a he was a he was a substantive person of real accomplishment. And those are the kinds of people who sought higher office, not these careerists, not these people who just want to make a splash and get on Netflix. It's uh, pretty sad what happened. Yeah, Congressman John Weidler died back in 1987. Great family. Um, went to school with one of the daughters. Oh my goodness gracious, was she amazing? Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, Richie is standing by in Long Island. Hello, Greg. They made a movie back in 1985 with Sean Penn and uh, Tim Hutton. They were two young guys, and they walked down to the Soviet embassy in Mexico City trying to sell defense information. I remember it well. Falcon and the Snowman. Great soundtrack. Great movie. They got busted, you know, right? Oh, you see that in the movie. They got tripped up because the, the thing they were selling was a was a plant project that was a phony project, and that's how they got caught. You know, they were both let out of jail. Uh, they're both free men right now. Uh, Dalton Lee and something Boyce. Yeah, Falcon and the Snowman, great movie, and they were very young when they gave up all those secrets. Thanks, Richie. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We called for you all to ban assault weapons, and you respond with an assault on democracy. So profound, so meaningful. Wow, that's those words uttered by Justin Jones, one of the Tennessee Three. Remember that, how they've been deified, right? And glorified. This punk is uh, is exactly that, a punk. I'm looking at his mugshot right here. And I just saw surveillance footage of his an attack on a white motorist. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Unearth Tennessee Representative Justin Jones tossed a traffic cone at a driver during a 2020 BLM protest. Unearthed surveillance footage from a 2020 Black Lives Matter protest outside the Tennessee Capitol shows newly reinstated Representative Justin Jones throwing a traffic cone at a driver. Uh, by the way, 
those cones can actually hurt people. I know they're rubber and you think they're soft. No, not the way this guy threw them either. Jones, who's, uh, what is he, 27 now, who was returned to office, blah, 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 was seen on video blocking a street with six other demonstrators on June 18th, 2020. Yeah, right. One of those peaceful protests where you get to shut down the streets and say who passes, who doesn't. And if you're white, you're in trouble. Dressed in all black and a tan brimmed hat, the future lawmaker could be seen attempting to stop a white truck trying to drive around them by placing a traffic cone in the front of the vehicle. And people are just standing there. You know, that's a very that would be a very scary thing. Strangers stopping you. It's one thing if the police. It's. It's bad enough when the cops stop you. People get nervous when that happens. I understand. I mean, me too, even a little bit. But how about that? And just ordinary people who think they have the right to pull over somebody. Undeterred, the driver runs over the cone, causing the group to approach the truck and yell at him with a megaphone. Well, undeterred, the car is very kind of, you can tell, like, uh uh-oh, what do I do here? Uh, This is kind of a sympathetic write-up appearing angered by the driver's actions jones can be seen pulling the cone from underneath the vehicle and using it to repeatedly jab the driver who attempts to smack it away as the driver tries to speed up jones tosses it into the truck more like really threw it at the guy's head uh during the incident another driver on the opposite side of the stalled road uh could also be seen confronting protesters with their vehicle inching forward until it bumped into one of them um Jones has repeatedly claimed that the chaotic incident was not violent after district attorney Glenn Funk attempted to indict him in 2021 for participating in the protests in an aggravating matter. Absolutely aggravating, Representative Jones. Oh, but it's so beautiful. He's wearing a white suit and he talks and he talks like this. Huh? It's so beautiful. We called for you all to ban assault weapons. And you respond with an assault on democracy. On democracy. What about that assault on a person by you with a cone, a traffic cone? In addition to just stopping whoever the hell you want to stop in the street. Who the hell made you a police officer for crying out loud? That's just a person? You have no authority to do that under any circumstances. It's a violent son of a bee. I don't like him. And I don't like... uh, his uh, friend, the other Justin. All right, Trump was down there with uh, Letitia James, and I have it on very good authority that he did not take the Fifth Amendment. In fact, he answered all our questions and humiliated Letitia James and, and revealed her ignorance. It wasn't just Letitia asking the questions. It was uh, several other attorneys, and Trump was running circles around them. These people know nothing about real estate, know nothing about the real world. And they're trying to get Trump on overvaluing properties, which, oh, by the way, he never actually sold. He still owns 40 Wall Street. I didn't know that. So <laughs> Letitia James, in all of her real estate wisdom, says in 2011, that building was worth not a penny over $200 million. Well, what is she basing that on? Well, the professional estimator said that. Well, <laughs> This is an art, not a science, okay? And whoever estimated it was worth $200 million, I know that that's undervalued. I lived in the neighborhood. I was reading the financial pages. I was reading, you see it, this building sold for so-and-so, such-and-such. Sting bought an apartment on Central Park South. You ever see those stories? Uh, for $39 million. I have a rough idea what things cost. And that building, 40 Wall Street, was worth a hell of a lot more than $200 million. 
Other buildings were selling for three quarters of a billion, a half billion, even a billion dollars. Comparable buildings. Look at the comps. Eric Trump was on Newsmax yesterday. Hey, my buddy Carl Higby has a, has a show on fi- at 5 p.m. weekdays. It's very good. He's an interesting guy. Navy SEAL, all this stuff. Been all around the world. Been to war. Good guy. Carl Higby. Great show. It's called Frontline with Carl Higby. Much better than that Channel 13 version. Uh, all right, cut 20, please. You see that time and time again in Washington, D.C. People go in like tough guys and, you know, I'm going to make a great difference. And then they break them. They break them moment one and they could never break Donald Trump. And frankly, it's why they're they're mad. The other reason they're mad is he's leaving the Republican field by 35 points. Right. And like, you know, no one else is even there to touch him. So they're doing the bidding of their guy in office who will likely be running against him. They're trying to disqualify him so Joe doesn't have to run against him. Absolutely. Eric Trump. Oh, and it was pointed out to me. The post office building, the hotel, the Trump Hotel on Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, they just sold it. It's, they just sold it. Trump's, they don't actually sell much in the way of buildings. They buy them and they keep them and they operate them and they make a fortune on them, but they don't sell many properties. This one was valued at like $290 million. They sold it for $476 million. So one of the only properties they've ever sold, they undervalued. Okay, it's just... Uh, uh, they don't understand them, uh, and I don't think they will ever, ever beat them. Hey, Trump and a lot of other Republicans are speaking today at the National Rifle Association. They're having a great big uh, uh, convention, I guess, and Newsmax will be taking those comments live when they happen. Uh, let's go to Maria in New Jersey. Hi. Hi, Greg. Happy Friday. Just an ob- observation. Yeah. In the past four days that Joe Biden has been in Ireland, what in God's name has he accomplished? Zero. Unlike President Trump, when he would fly here, fly there, meet with this one, negotiate with that one, make deals. You know what I equate this to, Greg? What? I equate this to Joey's spring break. All right. Maria, 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 Maria. Do you watch my Newsmax show? Of course, I love you. Did you see what I did last night? I did this whole thing on spring break. I called it spring break. Joe Biden yeah. spring break. Absolutely. You- and you know what's going to happen when he returns? What? Whether it's tonight or tomorrow, he's going to hop a plane or he's going to hop a, a helicopter. And he's going to go to Delaware and he's going to rest up from the vacation that he was just on. Well, it gave, it gave us, though, more insight. All right. Did you see my conclusion last night? And it hit me. All right. It hit me all at once that this trip is an indulgent uh, vacation, five days in Ireland. There's no reason to be there, right? I love Ireland, but he's the president, okay? And he brings Hunter, and he's always acknowledging Hunter on the trip. Please stand up, Hunter. I'm proud of you. Uh, this is the last hurrah for him. It's an international trip where he's not yet a lame duck, and he's going to be a lame duck shortly when we find out he's not running for reelection. So this is his last time to have fun. Now, there was one thing he did on this trip that was interesting. He got into a fight with a dog. No kidding. Cut 23, please. Cut 23. That dog, <laughs> that dog is barking at Joe Biden. Uh, Joe went up to the dog and tried to charm it. You know, they say that dogs kind of understand people better than people sometimes. And uh, the dog did not want anything to do with Joe. Anyway, yeah, I agree with all that, Maria. Everything else good?
everything else is good. Enjoy this wonderful weather while it lasts, Greg. I, I know. I know. Well, it's going to last for a while, right? I mean, it's uh, this is no. I think it's going to turn crummy tomorrow, but it's only April. Well, it's also a little bit, quite frankly, too hot uh, right now. It's too hot. I uh, I don't. It's almost going to be ninety degrees today. That's too much. And uh, I had to turn the air conditioner on last night. Although I sleep very well with the air conditioner, Maria. Thank you. Uh, one other thing on the dog. Um, Joe and dogs, there's something very suspicious going on. I know this sounds ridiculous, but it's not. Um, did you hear about the dogs that bit the Secret Service agents? Now, you may think it's funny or whatever. They, that's how the White House tried to portray it, actually. Do you remember when this all went down? Uh, Joe Biden gets to the White House, and for the first time ever, we hear he's a dog lover, and there are dogs all over the place, those big German shepherds. And they started biting and nipping everybody. Cut 24, please. Cut 24. Uh, they thought it was a big joke. It wasn't. Is Major still there? There's a report that he left. And did he bite somebody? Does Major bite? I, I don't have any uh, I don't have any specifics. I don't have any updates for you, Mika, on on the reports about about an incident. But what I can tell you as a dog lover, I know you are, is that Major and um, Champ are part of the Biden's family. Uh, they're members of the family. They often go to Delaware when the first lady's traveling uh, and they're adjusting to their new home. Something very, very weird. Adjusting to the new home. Well, they didn't quite make the adjustment. They were biting everybody including Secret Service agents, and they got rid of the dogs. What kind of man gets rid of a dog that you actually own for a, a number of years? No man does that, unless you actually didn't own the dog, unless it was a great big prop. And I know people like, here, Mika, she's being, she's being uh, uh, kind of sarcastic a little bit, right? I was bitten by a dog about 10 years ago, and it was, it still bothers me. My hand and... It wasn't the kind of thing where the dog didn't like me. This dog never should have been in my presence. It was a military working dog that should have been in the military. Instead, they irresponsibly brought it around, put it on talk shows, brought it to Yankee Stadium all over the place. And uh, I said, can I pet the dog? And they said, okay. And I start petting the dog. And then the dog had a little biscuit or something, a little rubber toy in its mouth. And they put the toy down and very deliberately just kind of turned his head and took my hand at first i thought it was gentle and then just proceeded to kind of just clench grind down on my hand to the point that it really really hurt and i it was too late at first i thought he was just kind of you know gonna lick me or something like that and um and i remember complaining about it and everybody was like oh ho, 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 you shouldn't have pet the dog well why not dogs are anyway uh being bitten by a dog, and the good people at Judicial Watch. This was a big deal scandal behind the scenes. The media treated it like a joke, but there were all all kinds of emails, and the Secret Service was very, very upset. You know, being bitten by a German Shepherd is a big deal. And we had Secret Service agents who were being attacked, who were being mauled by dogs, and they were lying about it, trying to say it was, oh, it's just cute. It wasn't cute. And there's something up with Joe Biden and dogs. Listen to that. This is a story he told about his own damn dog. Cut 25, please. Cut 25. What happened was I, <laughs> I got out of the shower. I got a dog. And anybody who's been around my house knows, dropped a little pup, dropped a ball in front of me. And for me to grab the ball. And I'm walking through this little alleyway to get to the bedroom. And I grabbed the ball like this. And he ran. And I was joking. Okay. Do you have the second clip on this, by the way? Only the first one? There's another one. 
There's another one where he says, all right, do me a favor. Get the other one that was we played last night. He says, I pulled the dog's tail as a joke. Now, a, a, a fourth grader knows not to pull a dog's tail. I mean, you really learn that very, very early on. And then they slip and fall on the damned throw rug. Something very, very strange. And Joe had a sprained ankle, had to put a boot on his leg because of a fight with the dog. And did you hear that part about the alley? Very strange. Makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Joe was not running for re-election. I came out very strongly on that last night. It's not happening. I can tell. I can feel it. I can feel. I know it. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's going to be very hard for them to get rid of Kamala. I think at the end of the day, the nominee is going to be Gavin Newsom, the pretty boy from California with the hair and the slimness and the wokeness. That's the one. That's who it's going to be. And Donald Trump will be able to uh, really knock his block off if the thing isn't rigged all over again. Jeff, hi. Jeff, hi. Second from the, second from the top, Jeff, Long Island. Hello. Hey, Greg, can you hear me? Yeah. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? Nothing much. I called up uh, a few months ago. We were talking. Um, I was about, what was it, the uh, Tampa police chief? When she was in that golf cart that time. Oh, yeah. And they, uh, I'm the uh, truck driver. I, I uh, work for Atlantic Coast Car Carriers. So anyway, um, I was looking, I was listening to Mark Levin last night, and he brought up something about uh, Joe Biden with Ukraine with Burisma with uh, this guy Mike McCormick, who was a stenographer. I don't know if you heard about the story. I did. Mike McCormick was... Uh... The stenographer, he was on the plane and uh, he took off the record comments or I guess on background comments from Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, when Hunter had already signed that deal. Yeah, very, very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not brand new information, but the guy is making the rounds again. I love Levin. I read the story. Tell me more. So I just want to know when is CNN and MSNBC and the mainstream going to report this? I mean, this guy's pretty credible. I mean, he was there on the plane. They interviewed him on Fox News yesterday on uh, Fox and Friends, this guy McCormick. And what he did was he called the FBI tip line. Now, when you call that tip line, they take a tip. You can't lie. If you lie, you're getting locked up. Uh, and, wait, wait, I mean, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You can say uh, the, the tip line, the 800 number. I mean, all right. I don't know. Look, um, yeah, you're right. This McCormick thing is uh, significant. It does. I mean, but it's also to me, it's a little bit. It's a little detail. It's a little detail. I mean, those comments and you tell me, actually, the transcript that this guy wrote up is public, right? It's a public transcript. He wrote it up. So what was the new piece of information that he had that nobody else had? I, I admit it's tantalizing. It's interesting that somebody in the in the inner circle is, you know, raising this about Joe. But he wrote that up for the public record. What is the information that he has that nobody else has? That Jeff? They're covering this up. Well, I mean, no, wait, 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 we've been alleging that for a long time. We all know that. I mean, we know that the job happened. I, I don't know what he... He wrote a transcript. I still, I, I, I should take another look at it. But what does he know that he that we don't? What does he know that we don't? 
Oh, McCormick. Yeah. 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 No, because I mean, we know oh, when no. we know when Hunter started working for Barisma. We know when that deal was closed. I, I find I find this guy intriguing, but what is the new information? Well, I think the, the information is is that he used they used taxpayers' dollars, is what he's saying. I, 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 no, I think it's col- I think it's a it's a it's colorful detail that some guy there is saying this stuff. But a lot of this we already knew. And the Jake Sullivan transcript was I remember reading it and being intrigued. I'll take another look. It's all look, we know you and I know Joe Biden is dirty. And I've made that case uh, loud and clear. And Rudy does every day. We know the truth. I'll uh, check out McCormick again. My first glance at it was that this is interesting, but not game changing. Uh, Jeff, I appreciate it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, there are a lot of good Trump impersonators out there. I even like the guy on Saturday Night Live. He's actually very good. It's 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 I know he hates him or whatever, but uh, there's there's plenty that's good there and plenty that celebrates Trump. Unlike uh, what's his name? Alec Baldwin, who played Trump dumb. This guy plays him smart. Now, there's another guy. Back last week during the indictment or whatever the hell that was, uh, when they had him down there, there was a big scene outside, right? Uh, a lot of pro-Trump people, a lot of anti-Trump people. Well, there was also a group called Blacks for Trump, very pro-Trump. And a guy, he just shows up and starts doing a Trump impression with the wig, uh, you know, big blonde hair, and he's wearing a suit. And he just shows up and he starts talking to these people. And they're enjoying it, too. But it's I think his voice is very good. All right. Let's uh, let, you want to hear this. I'm going to try it off my phone. OK, hold on a second. One, so, uh. Blacks for Trump. We call it Blacks for Trump. And nobody's done more for the African-Americans. Than Donald Trump. If you look at the jobs, the unemployment, right. tremendous That's unemployment, right. and this guy knows. Come here. Right. Come here. Right. Come here, sir. We love this guy. We did so much. Look, blacks for Trump, and they all know. And they come up to me. They say, under under Obama, there were no jobs, and under Sleepy Joe Biden, there's no jobs. If you look at what we're doing, and really, it was tremendous when I was in office. They've never seen so much basketball or hip-hop under Biden. There's no more hip-hop. Okay, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. What is this guy's name? There's so many talented people out there. Somebody tried to tell me uh, not too long ago that people are dumber. The younger generation is dumber. I don't think that's true. Um, They may be pursuing a lot of things they shouldn't be pursuing, i.e. weed and too much social media. Uh, but the creativity is off the charts. It's kind of amazing. Uh, you got to embrace it. you got to embrace it. Also, don't get addicted to the phone, but um, there's a lot of good stuff in there, too. All right, that's a, a talented young man, at least that portion. I didn't hear him say anything terrible. It was a very almost flattering uh, impression. All right, one second, please. 
Greg Kelly. Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The alleged leaker just charged in court this morning. The alleged leaker, I just saw his parents come out of the courthouse. Look like regular people, totally shocked that they're in this situation. I'm sure the 21-year-old is. He thought he was sharing this stuff with a couple of people online. It was like a closed chat group. Can't do that stuff, obviously. It's pretty clear he broke the law. We'll see what the uh, actual evidence says. At the same time, I'm like, wait a second. He did not give it to the enemy. He did not give it purposely to the enemy. He did not uh, do this for money. And oh, by the way, what the hell do we have special operations uh, troops doing in Ukraine? Weren't we supposed to be told about that? Why all these secrets? Too many secrets. Too many secrets. What are you going to do about it, Chris Sununu? You ever heard about this guy? Golly gee willikers, Chris Sununu. Thought he's thinking about running for president. Yeah, he is. Hasn't made up his mind yet. Cut eight, please. Cut eight. This is the governor of New Hampshire, a little twerp by the name of Chris Sununu. You wouldn't get in unless you can win, and you haven't decided if you think you can win yet, or have you? Well, yeah, no. <laughs> well, look, I, I would only get in if I really thought there was a chance to win. I think that, I think that goes for all the candidate, potential candidates, right? So I, I, there's just a lot to play out between now and the summer when folks really have to make their decisions. Uh, but I think the, the polling threshold will be very low. I think right. the uh, this race won't really tighten up until kind of later in the fall, early in the winter. Right. So uh, we'll see what happens. But look, either Governor, way, we gotta, we got to expand our message. we got to expand our brand. All right. I'm sorry I called him a twerp. But let's face it, he sounds a little twerpy, right? What is he, 11 years old? Sounds like he's got a paper out. Here's a little bit more of him. Chris Sununu. Why him? Governor of New Hampshire. And uh, his dad was, I think his dad was governor. And his brother was governor. That's why he thinks he can be president. Cut nine. The president's opened up a huge lead on Governor DeSantis, and just about everybody else is in single digits. Even in South Carolina is leading with Tim Scott, uh, theoretically, and Governor ha- uh, Nikki Haley in the race. Uh, you still think Governor, you still think that President Trump can't win? Oh, sure. Oh, in November of 24? No, I, I do not believe he can win in a general election. Can he get the nomination? Of course he could. But can he win in a general election? No. I mean, so again, we want the most conservative candidate that can win in 24. Right? Do we want a repeat of November of 22? No. Right. So uh, thank you for your service. Did a, did a good job, but we got to move on. We got to be a party that brings something else and something new to the table. You know what? How about uh, the party of November 2016 winning an election? And you know what he said there? Thank you for your service. Tells you how empty that saying is, actually. Thank you for your service. But who the hell are you to say that? I'm sorry. Not impressed whatsoever. Um, with golly gee willikers, Chris Sununu. And here's Mike Pence waffling but trying to sound august about it. Cut 10, please. Cut 10. Well, I, I think people are so frustrated with the failed policies of the Biden administration at home and abroad that uh, that there would, of course, be a natural attraction, not only to the former president, but I also believe to the policies of our administration. But look, uh, it's early in this process. I do think we'll have better choices. I think nobody could have defeated uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016 other than Donald Trump. But I think come 2024, uh, our party's going to choose the right standard bearer to meet this moment, to strengthen America at home, uh, and abroad. 
is that is that Mike Pence? I don't. Uh, I just can't. I can't see him beating. I can't see him becoming governor of Indiana again. Uh, he was owned. By the way, his state was just about canceled when he was governor of Indiana. Uh, not impressed. How about you guys? Seriously, I don't see this uh, taking. Uh, these are the kinds of opponents uh, Trump wants. Now, DeSantis is pretty weird lately again, and everybody who meets him and spends time with him says that he is a very odd person, just has a certain, like, distance, and he kind of walls off people, and he looks right through you. Um, Now, there's a bad weather system coming through Florida, just left. Have you seen the pictures? Like, you know, Fort Lauderdale is uh, deluged. It's underwater, parts of it. That's the kind of thing that a governor is supposed to show up for. Well, DeSantis was on a book tour in Ohio or someplace like that. Um, excuse me. If I were the governor of a state, I don't think I'd ever leave that state, even on vacation. I, I, I just don't think you're supposed to do that. Let's see here. Cut uh, seven, please. Cut seven. And in times like these, there is no substitute for victory. Winners get to make policy. The losers go home. And I think we need to end, and not so much in Ohio or Florida, but I think nationwide, the Republican Party has developed a culture of losing. I think that needs to end. No more excuses. Just get it done so we can save our country. Hmm. That sounds, um, all right. I mean, can't re- is he trying to say Trump is a loser? Is that, is that, where, is that where this is going because of 2020? I don't believe he lost. All right. It's still it's still America. It's still legal to say that. I know that the election in Pennsylvania was flat out illegal. That was an illegal election. Should never have happened. Uh, it's amazing what you you're not supposed to say that. Well, you can't say that. Wait. Oh, here's one more. One more. Mike Pence being very, very cagey, very, very wishy washy. Uh, all these rhinos show up on the Fox News. Cut 11, please. Cut 11. And I'm noticing that uh, the former president is in New York again today for depositions. Do you think that his legal challenges should or will disqualify him from running in 2024? Well, look, I, 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 number one, I've been very clear about what I think of the Manhattan DA's uh, indictment, uh, Martha. I mean, on a on a seven year old campaign finance issue to indict a former president of the United States, I think is a was a great uh, disservice to the country. And and, uh, I think the overwhelming majority of Americans recognize that. But look, at the end of the day, I'd rather we leave these decisions to voters. Let's uh, let's let's bring the American people the truth. Let's talk about the record. Let's talk about a vision for the future. But I, I just trust Republican primary voters. I trust the American people to choose the right leadership for America. They've done it again and again. I'm confident we'll do it again in 2024. Uh, we don't like it. We don't like it when we're blown off. When a question is asked of you, just say, I don't want to answer it. I don't want to say right now. No, I don't want to comment. I don't want to. But he just does this awkward dance. He's trying to undermine Trump, yet uh, support him at the same time in certain respects, claim credit for stuff that he calls that happened in the Trump Pence administration. Nobody calls it that. It was a Trump administration. It was the it is the Biden administration. Nobody says Biden Harris administration, although sometimes they say Harris Biden administration. I've I've noticed that the other thing that people are horrified by, although I think it's pretty awesome, uh, a rumble statement that Trump put out about our justice system. Hey, remember this in all of the stuff that's going on. 
Trump is the only one who's talking detailed policy stuff. You know, we saw that Tim Scott put out a sleek video, slick video, but very, very thin when it comes to specific policy. And Trump is doing this stuff. Cut 27, please. Cut 27. There is no more dire threat to the American way of life than the corruption and weaponization of our justice system. And it's happening all around us. If we cannot restore the fair and impartial rule of law, we will not be a free country. As president, it will be my personal mission to restore the scales of justice in America. We want fairness and equality under the law. Uh, And that's just a portion of it. It goes on for three minutes. Actually, I want to do a little bit more. Cut 28. I will appoint U.S. attorneys who will be the polar opposite of the Soros district attorneys and others that are being appointed throughout the United States. Very unfair to our population, very unfair to our country. They will be the 100 most ferocious legal warriors against crime and communist corruption that this country has ever seen. I love it. Ferocious legal warriors. Ferocious. Uh, One more, one more. Cut 31. In addition, we will have a complete investigation into the use of police state tactics by federal authorities to arrest conservatives and Christians. We will find out who ordered it, and we will hold them totally accountable. Good for him. And that's what we need. Imagine that. Imagine we live in America. Here, here I am, you know, wondering if I'm going to get audited by the IRS for the stuff that I say, for the stuff that I do, for the stuff that I tweet. Hmm? And we have the son of President Biden, Hunter, a corrupt, degenerate fool. Sorry, Hunter, but it's true. And there's a way out for you, too. Maybe you've heard me talk about it, but there is a way out for you. I don't like you, but I love you. And I think all of your problems can be solved if you cracked open the Bible. I really do, and I hope you do that. And same goes for your dad and your sister especially, your sister. I like your sister. She's got big problems. Uh, Unfortunately, your dad made a federal case out of the diary. I wouldn't have read it. I wouldn't have talked about it until he went around indicting people for (laughs) uh, looking at your daughter's diary. That could have been handled. All right, that could have been handled. But who the hell is Hunter Biden to be writing to federal agencies demanding that people be investigated or audited? And that's happening. That's happening in America. The son of the president of the United States is writing letters uh, to the Department of Justice demanding that John Paul Mac Isaac be investigated by federal authorities. He's writing letters to the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, demanding that the Marco Polo organization, a conservative group, yes, that has been critical of Hunter Biden and has actually looked at the laptop. You're allowed to do it. It's a, it's it's a free country. You lost the damn thing, pal. And you're asking for that. <laughs> you're asking for an IRS audit of this private group, the son of the president of the United States. And nobody in the press corps gives a damn. Or somehow they think this is okay. Uh, And nobody even asks Joe Biden about that laptop. Meanwhile, Joe's having a gay old time in Ireland. In Ireland. (laughs) In Ireland. Um, That's that's a pretty wild set of circumstances. Don't you think, Sandra? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do think so. You know, I wanted to respond to what you were talking about earlier about those uh, traffic cones. 
I got to tell you, when I saw that video and he threw that into somebody's car, I was aghast. That thing, like you said, is very heavy, it's very dirty, and it got stuck under my car. And it took two men to get it out, and it did damage under my car. So could you imagine that hitting somebody's face? Let me tell you, that's very, very terrible what he did. And then also, I wanted to comment about him. When I saw a video of him in college, he's very different now. His whole persona is different. I kind of liked him before rather than now. What do you think? Uh, you, well, you, you're talking about two different guys. There's Justin Jones. He's the guy with the cone. That, and then there's, I mean. then there's Justin Pearson. He's the guy who looked like a very reasonable, up-and-comer, impressive young man in college. And all of a sudden, he's a radical, uh, crazy nut job. But the guy who threw the cone, the guy who threw the cone at that driver, here he is talking about democracy. And this is the this is the flavor of the month in a big way uh, because because of the way he looks, because of the way he sounds, because of his race, all that stuff. The media love it. Cut twenty two, please. Cut twenty two. We called for you all to ban assault weapons, and you respond with an assault on democracy. I mean, wow, wow, how, how, how poignant, huh? How deep. Oh. And then he takes a, then he, then he's rioting in the street. We have video of him rioting in the street, hassling drivers because of their white skin, demanding that they pull over, that they stop. And when they don't, he takes a traffic cone and starts poking the driver, jabbing him, and then he really throws it in there hard. This guy, oh my God. this guy, and here he is. Here he is lecturing us about democracy. Sandra, I appreciate it very much. Have a great weekend. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What they're trying to do to Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, is an absolute crime. It's a crime in and of itself. Uh, This poor guy, what he's been through for this country, for this movement, Clarence Thomas. Why do they give him such a hard time? Oh, by the way, is it because he's conservative? Yes, but it's because he's conservative and black. Absolutely. And you can't be those things. Oh, no. And I heard a uh, an individual, I think it was actually Hakeem Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, who was supposed to be very, very reasonable. And I'm not even going to use the words that he used because they're so vile and despicable and racist. But he was trying to uh, distinguish between certain kinds of slaves and those is likening a certain kind of slave to... Clarence Thomas, and uh, I just find the, the the comments repugnant. I think he is a great man. You are allowed to think. You are allowed to be whoever and whatever you want in America uh, if you don't break the law. However, they're the, the, the left, they are so hung up on race and that if you are a particular skin color, you must think a certain way. And if you absolutely, if you happen to be white, and you happen to be a man, and you happen to be Christian, and you happen to be heterosexual, you realize how, first of all, there should be no pecking order in America, all right? I mean, India had that, right? The caste system, didn't they have that in India? And they had the Brahmins, and then they had the peasants, or some something in the middle, I don't know how it worked, but they had a very rigid class system there. Well, we're not supposed to have that in America. That's one of the things that makes America, America. It's great. That's why we left Britain. They were all hung up on the aristocracy and all that stuff. Uh, we, it's just about who you are, what you can bring to the table, what you are willing to, how you work, how you just your smarts, 
If you're not that smart, if you work hard, you can make up for a lack of smarts. This is an amazing country for the time being. Anyway, Clarence Thomas, what did he do? What did he do? Uh, he had a friend. He has a friend who happens to be wealthy. You know, what would happen if they started looking at every Supreme Court justice? You're allowed to have rich friends. You know, just because you become a government employee, just because you become a Supreme Court justice does not mean you surrender your rights as a citizen. You don't. You're allowed to go places and see things and meet people. And if they're rich and they want to invite you into their house, that's fine. That is totally fine. And I don't think every single real estate transaction that Clarence Thomas has ever engaged in has to be has to be reported. You know, it's kind of who 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 made this uh, this point? Joe Biden and all of his crazy financial wheeling and dealing and his son, right? And then they're trying to get Donald Trump all the millions and millions and millions and millions of documents and all the all the deals and transactions over the years, right? What do they have them on? What do they think they have them on? Uh, the non-disclosure agreement from 2016, a piece of paper and money. Oh, by the way, that came out of his own pocket. Wasn't campaign funds. It is, wow. So Clarence Thomas, they're trying to, and very, very bad people like Sheldon Whitehouse, who is the most obnoxious jerk I've ever seen in my life. The Republican from, no, I'm sorry, he's a Democrat from Rhode Island. Oh, what he did to Kavanaugh. I'll have more to say about him tonight and his silly racist beach club that he's a member of. A racist guy like that giving uh, Clarence Thomas a hard time. A racist rich guy like that from Rhode Island and his racist all-white beach club. Hmm? Giving Clarence Thomas a hard time. It's incredible. It's like Bizarro World. It's like that Twilight Zone. It's like actually that Star Trek episode when they all beam down to the parallel universe. One sec. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, here's that uh, that Trump impersonator again. I found out a little bit more information about him. His name is Jason Scoop. Is that his name? And uh, he, let's see, hold on. Yeah, Jason Scoop. He's a comedian, and I have not heard this one yet. But the uh, scenario is, and apparently he's pro-Trump. Uh, Trump gets pizza after escaping from jail. Okay, and he actually goes into a pizza parlor. There's a video and he's wearing an orange jumpsuit. Now, remember, he's a fan of Trump. All right. And uh, uh, let's see what happens here. Okay, here we go now. It's kind of more. <laughs> I think it's very good. I think it's great. It's 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 good stuff. I like a piece of pizza, please. I just got out of jail, and he does the thing with his hands. He does it uh, very very well, um, because the essence of Trump is truth. It's truth. It's truth. I was trying to figure it out years ago. What is it about this guy that makes him so different? What is it? Because the things he says, they seem really outrageous, but there's something about it. There's there's, I don't know what it is. I guess the guy says, well, because he's, it's the truth. <laughs> like, you're right. I mean, 
even though it's over the top at times, the essence is real. The essence is truth. Kurt in Staten Island, hello. Hi. Hello. Yes. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I got your woman. <laughs> you there, Greg? Yes. All right. No, what I want to do, you said something about animal before, all right? And I wanted to, I just wanted to bring this up. All right. Um, about four nights ago or mornings, because I get up at about three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. Huh. And, and my dog, he ran around the house and he was yelling like crazy, Greg. He was yelling like nuts. And I went around there and he was, he was barking at a possum. But you know what? He didn't hurt the possum. My dog is about 90 pounds. He's a big boy. All right, listen, uh, Kurt, why are you telling us all this? I don't know, because I just thought it was an interesting story. Well, all right. Uh, well, I'm, uh, does it get interesting? <laughs> so, all right. What happens what, next? What ninety say? pound, ninety say? pound dog, and then what happens? And he never hurt the he never hurt the possum. Well, it's a very rich and telling anecdote. No, let me ask you this: How do you know it was a possum? And I don't even know what a possum looks like, to be honest. I, I petted him after that. I was petting him for about a couple of minutes before he ran off. The possum. Yeah. All right, Kurt, you don't want to do that. I know Staten Island is, uh, you know, Staten Island, come on, man. You can't. All right. Are you serious? All right. Well, Kurt, thank you for the update. And uh, don't do that anymore, okay? Uh, oh, all right. Now we need some We need some wisdom. Uh, Barbara in Huntington. Welcome back, Barbara. How are you? I'm fine, Greg. Glad to be back. Hey, um, I, I, I think I heard you say a few minutes ago that, DeSantis had actually said that the people who win the elections stay and make the policy and the people who lose go home. Am I remembering that correctly? I, he was kind of implying it's a, it's like his little sub Rosa critique of Trump. You know, he doesn't want to come right out okay. and say bad things about Trump, but he kind of it's always kind of implied um, it's words okay. to that effect. Yeah. Why? Because that's so incredibly incorrect in our nation. That's why we have a representative republic. Because if you lose and your candidates lose, that doesn't mean you lose your voice. That doesn't mean that you lose your rights. It means that you stay and you discuss and you debate and you keep raising your opinion and your principles and, and keep pushing for them to be accepted by more. That's that's the whole point of having a republic. We don't have a, a tyrannical democracy. We have a representative republic. And, you know, I, I hear you talking about DeSantis and the things he's saying and will he declare for president? And and you played Tim Scott's um, uh, piece the other day and everything. I'm thinking about these guys and I'm thinking they're not ready for the office of the presidency. They don't begin to have the experience, the competence, and just the, the ability that Trump has. But, oh, my gosh, do we need them? We need DeSantis, for example, to be the best example of a governor 
that we can have in the United States. Our founders intended that government to serve us most that was closest to us, and that's why states' rights are so important. And we've given up so many of those states' rights to the federal government. We need strong, effective governors, and DeSantis can do amazing things, and then perhaps someday run for president and be elected president. But we need a governor like him. We need people like Tim Scott in Congress, people who know, understand conservatism, what it means, and will stand and push for it. So let these people come forward, even people like Vivek Ramaswamy. I I love to hear what he has to say. We can learn so much from him. And as he becomes more experienced, he may well be very good for an elective office also. But I thank God that we have these people and many more and many more in our Republican conservative tent that can bring forward our rights and ensure our rights. Yeah, totally. Uh, Hey, uh, what did you make of Tim Scott? I mean, I I agree. These guys are good guys. Uh, There's nothing wrong with focusing on their jobs. Uh, Gosh, in America, it's always about what's next, what's next, what's next? What about mastering what you got? Uh, I was really blown away at how weak he was on abortion and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Did you notice that? I I didn't hear him speaking about abortion specifically, but as I, I have heard him speak in person a few times, and I thought the piece that was put together was not as strong as it should have been for as good a, a man as he has shown himself to be in many ways. I don't think he has the right should we say support staff or whatever, but because I did find him much more impressive in person than that piece that was put together to start his uh, exploratory campaign committee. Yeah, it was so weak. It's like they bought the music, uh, you know, from the podcast store or something like that. It was just very, it was very generic. And then when I actually heard him speak off script, it wasn't, uh, it just wasn't presidential caliber. It really wasn't. So, uh, Anyway, well, listen, uh, Barbara, we so appreciate you and your wisdom. And uh, any thoughts on Donald Trump's latest issues with <laughs> Latisha James? Well, I think it is so unbelievably obvious what's going on here. As you have said often, everybody on both sides knows what's going on. But it is incredibly important that this not be allowed to stand because they're making an example of him. They have ever since he he uh, ran for president the first time to make an example of him because how dare he or any American think that they have the right to step forward and not buy in to the woke culture and not buy into the liberal progressive culture and they want to destroy him and as we know through him they want to destroy us because many of us now are censoring ourselves already i hate that i hate that i know and i every now and then i feel it creeping up on me and then i gotta like i gotta fight it and then go even over the top to the point that i might just get myself in trouble hey do we have tim scott on abortion yeah listen to this it's rough it is rough uh go ahead You have talked a lot about your faith on the campaign trail as well. Um, I want to ask you about your stance on whether the federal government should be involved in regulating abortion. Your colleague from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, has a bill to limit uh, abortions at 15 weeks, federal restriction. Do you support that measure? 
Yeah, so I, I would say this. That I am certainly 100% pro-life, without any question. I, I've been very, very clear about that, very uh, consistent about that. I, I do think we spend not enough time understanding how far the far left has gone on the issue of abortion. The Senate Democrats have voted for late-term abortions well into the third trimester, some even suggesting that we should have abortion up until the day of birth. The, the fact that we are one of a handful of countries that allows for late-term abortions is a challenging predicament for us to be in. But in order to solve that, do you think the federal government should be involved with uh, something like what Lindsey Graham is proposing? Yeah, there, there's no question that we're going to have lots of folks talk about legislation um, from a federal perspective. But what I've heard so far and what I've seen in the Senate aren't proposals, but votes from the left trying to figure out how to continue their campaign towards late-term abortions, even allowing abortions based on the gender of the child or the race of the child or the disabilities of the child. But as, a pre as president, if you were president, would you advocate for federal limits? Yeah. So once again, I, I once again, I'm 100% pro-life, and I, I do believe. So, yeah. You see what I mean? No, He's all over the place, uh, Barbara. I mean, look, I, yeah. I, 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 his heart's in the right place. But you got to be able to pivot and you got to be able to set a reporter straight. And he she's owning him, not the other way around. She has to be able to state clearly his position. And he was doing everything he could to avoid that. He was slip sliding away, as they say. He did not want to give a straight answer that he could be held to. And, and that is definitely a problem. You would not get an answer like that from Donald Trump. You would get an answer like that from Barack Obama when he was running for president. One of the first interviews, a minister out in California interviewed him, and they were talking about abortion. And he asked Obama, uh, when, when does life begin? And Obama's answer was, well, that's beyond my pay grade. That's the kind of thing where you're slip sliding away. You don't want to give an answer because you don't want to be held to any particular answer because you're trying to please everyone. And that means your convictions are not what they should be. And that's one of the reasons why Donald Trump broke through, because we have been talked to like that for uh, for centuries, it seems like sometimes decades at least. Barbara, once yeah. again, so grateful. Thank you very much. I'll be right back, everybody. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So the Pentagon leak suspect Jack Teixeira hit with two federal charges. The Air National Guardsman accused of leaking a trove of classified U.S. documents was hauled to court Friday on federal charges, telling his dad he loved him during the brief hearing. Jack Teixeira appeared in a Boston court where he was officially charged with unauthorized detention and transmission of national defense information and unauthorized removal of classified information and defense materials. The charges can carry sentences of up to 10 and 5 years, respectively. The 21-year-old, who was shackled and wearing prison khakis, was ordered to be held until a detention hearing next Wednesday. Teixeira was arrested by heavily armed federal agents outside his North Dighton, Massachusetts home. Um, he is alleged to have accessed the highly classified materials through his guardsman position and then shared it with members of the private Discord chat group. That doesn't sound like a lot of charges. Do they add charges later? They often do that. The classified materials uh, dealt with Ukraine and a bunch of other things. Uh, he did not enter a formal plea during Friday's proceedings and only responded quietly when the judge informed him of his rights. During the hearing, his father shouted out, I love you, Jack. Teixeira did not 
turned around but replied, I love you, Dad. An internal document seen by the network shows that Teixeira's access to government systems and security clearance has been revoked in the wake of his arrest. Yeah, you would think, right? Okay, makes sense. And uh, wow, there's a whole like a million people around the dad and the mom, it looks like, and just ordinary people, and their world is totally, totally upside down right now. Um, how about that? What is that like? What is that experience like? You don't ever want to have it. Teixeira joined the National Guard in September of 2019, where his occupation was listed as Cyber Transport Systems Journeyman, responsible for the upkeep of hardware for military communications networks, including cabling and hubs. Prior to his arrest, he was stationed at Otis Air National Guard Base in Cape Cod. Teixeira's next appearance is set for, excuse me, April 19th. That's coming Wednesday. U.S. Attorney's Office. Uh, I don't know. Only two charges. I think they are going to hit him with a lot more, probably a lot more. All right. Show's almost done. The week is almost done. I'll be back tonight at 10 o'clock. Although, Julie, let's go through some calls, Friday phones. Uh, Julie, go ahead. Yes. Hi, Greg. You were talking about Clarence Thomas before. Um, I have a theory that they're trying to go after him because he's conservative. Uh, Originally, they wanted to pack the court, but I don't think they had enough of votes to do that. So. This is the way they want to do it. My my problem is how come nobody looks into all the other justices? Like you said earlier, I'm sure a lot of these other justices also have very rich friends and go to their homes for vacation. Same as Clarence Thomas. And somebody should look into the, their, you know, their, um, the, other, the other justices and leave Clarence Thomas alone. The poor guy's been through hell to get to where he is today, and he's a good justice. He's one of the best. He really is. He really is, and he has been through. Not only is he conservative, he's black, and that's one. That's that's his uh, big crime. Well, that's, it's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. one of his sins. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, Julie, exactly. thank you very much. Uh, Mike in Wayne, New Jersey, yeah. Greg, what's happening? Um, this guy just, just stole the information and whatnot and leaked it. Can he possibly get people, I'm hearing he can get people killed because of uh, he, what he uh, released and exposed. Is this true? I don't know exactly what he leaked and exposed. Uh, I don't okay. know. I mean, um, you know, there's always the danger of classified information. It really doesn't matter what it was. It's classified, whatever, I guess. Uh, uh, Bradley Manning certainly probably got people killed. I haven't heard that. I mean, it sounds like it's somewhat still serious, but somewhat benign. These kinds of secrets, you know, we're spying on our allies. <clears throat> People are surprised that that happens, but we do. And they spy on us. Oh, by the way, I don't think he, I don't think so. It doesn't sound that uh, as intense as others like that. Robert Hansen guy and Aldrich Ames, they got people killed directly as soon as they gave they they were giving up our spies in Russia. And those guys were waking up with bullets in their heads or not waking up at all. Thank you, Mike. George in Garden City. Yeah, hi, Greg. Um, My son went to Bronx High School of Science before we moved to Garden City. He was a brainiac. He joined the Air Force at 18. He's a brilliant guy. He went to the uh, Defense Linguist Institute in California. He had tremendously high security clearance in the Air Force. He never would discuss what he did with us until his uh, his mother and father or his sisters. And to start the story that he's 21 years old, I think is despicable. How about all the 19-year-olds who died in Vietnam, friends of mine, all the 19, 20-year-olds were killed in the war. They lead the story that he's 21, that we should have some sympathy on him, I think is disgraceful. I don't want to see him put against a wall and shot 
but it's shameful. You were in the service. You knew what the protocol was. He broke it, and he should be punished. That's all I have to say. I think it's shameful to try to use his age to give him some some sympathy for him. 21, you're grown up. All right, hold on a second, George. I actually have not heard people say he's 21, we should feel sorry for him. I think you might be what I have heard people say, plenty of them say he's 21, he never should have had access to top secret stuff. And you could have that conversation. I mean, your son excluded, but you can have that conversation. In fact, they have it every time a young spy goes down. And that's been happening Greg. since the Revolutionary War. What? Greg, there were a lot of people. I met my son's friends. There were a lot of young people that have access to information, even today. So it's a not when they lead the story that no, he's 21. I, well, number one, they're not leading the story. He's 21. I mean, it comes up. I want to know how old people are. Um, um, but people are surprised. Civilians are surprised. George, not everybody has a, a brainiac son who went into the Air Force. They don't know this stuff. I pointed it out last night. I pointed it out today that, yes, one of the cool things about being in the military, you get a hell of a lot of responsibility at a young age that you can't necessarily get in the private sector. These people are just surprised, and it's not their fault. They're just surprised. Wow, 21. You, I, you thought you had a, you know, civilians never get to look at secret stuff until they become a, a senator or a president. So they're just taken aback. I don't know if they're I, – I think you might just be here in 21 and getting overly excited, overreacting, George. How's Garden City? Uh, it's okay. I, I'm actually at my other home, but Garden City, I miss it. One last thing. Greg. I got to go. Bye. Bye. Uh, because Joyce has been waiting for a long time. Uh, yeah, hi, Joyce. Hi, Greg. So good to hear you again today. I listen to you every day. Um, I'm trying to make this as quick as possible. There was a few things I wanted to talk about, but I guess the main thing is Ukraine – uh, I have the radio on from 5 in the morning all night, okay? Thanks. I heard someone about a month ago say that we have our guys either on the border. I'm not sure if they said in Ukraine or on the border of Poland and Ukraine, okay? We have special equipment there that the Ukrainians don't know how to work. What happens is the Ukrainian soldiers pick out a target, okay? And we shoot them target, Okay. We yes. shoot the target at what they're telling us to shoot it at. So we're re- really involved. I don't care what the government says. All right, we're but I mean, uh, but Joyce, your source on this is uh, the radio, right? I mean, you is that your source? The radio, right? Yes. All right, well, we got to narrow it down. You're listening to the radio all day long. I mean, who the hell knows what? You know, who could have said that? Could have been another caller for crying out loud. Uh, although, then again, it could be true. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you tonight at 10. Sorry, Robert. I'll talk to you soon.